0: The future of healthcare is exciting with many new therapies finding incredible success. The Heroic Dose brought to you by Microdose is a one-day virtual conference that will explore the use of psychedelic therapies in military veterans and first responders in an effort to combat the alarming rates of PTSD, substance abuse, and suicide in this coveted yet undeserved demographic. Topics discussed include the therapeutic potential of psychedelics over opioids for pain management, reducing the graduation of acute pain to chronic pain, and preventing suicide in the long run. The Heroic Dose will cover the intersection of clinical care, research, and investment Now, while this is an all-day event on April 22nd, yours truly will be moderating a panel at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The panels focus the altered state of combat veteran trauma and the quest for novel therapeutics in psychedelic substances, history, and overview of current treatments. And the panel will feature four veterans who have used psychedelic therapies to combat PTSD, trauma, opioid addiction, and I would love to show them some support from the phenomenal Brian Nichols Show audience. So please follow the link to the show notes to the Microdose website and sign up for this incredible virtual conference. And if you are a veteran, a 100% discount. Will be applied at checkout. Again, that's the heroic dose brought to you by Microdose. Link in the show notes. And now,
1: on to the show. Can I pause for a second and and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who is getting Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot.
0: On the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on another fun filled episode. Today we have returning guest to the program, Kenny Cody. But for those of you who are longtime listeners, well, time out really quick because if you did not realize, this is also being aired over on YouTube. Yes, we are starting out here on the Brian Nichols Show. Every single week, three episodes, just like always. But if you want to catch the video version, well, guess what? If you head over to our YouTube channel, The Brian Nichols Show. You can go ahead and catch these conversations before they drop in podcast form every Sunday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will be airing these conversations, and then the following day on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'll be getting your traditional Brian Nichols Show episode in your podcast feed. So, folks, if you want to see the conversation as well as just hearing it, well, make sure you head over to our YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, and also hit that little bell so you're getting notified every single time we go live here at the Brian Nichols show. So with that being said, I mentioned our guest and it is one Kenny Cody. He returns to the program today to discuss wokeism. It's permeating into the culture. How can we as folks in the greater Liberty movement help stand against it? Kenny Cody digs into all that and more. So
1: that being said onto the show, Kenny Cody here on the Brian Nichols show. Brian, You look great, man. I'm glad I look okay on screen, hopefully, but I'm glad to be back. i to talk to you again. Kenny, I'm so excited
0: to have you in the show. First and foremost, congratulations on the re-election. You, are, you were and still are the youngest uh, GOP chair down in Tennessee, but you were just re-elected to Cock County GOP chair. So congratulations to that. Uh, fantastic news. And congratulations to all the, the great successes that you've been having in recent months. And, and I, I was just saying before we hit the record button, Can't be more proud, my friend. You've been absolutely killing it. So with that being said, Kenny, uh, number two, Elephant in the Room. This is the first ever video program that we're doing here for the Brian Nichols Show. So you're our inaugural guest. I guess you're our test subject, shall we say. Uh, And fingers crossed things go well today. Um, But we wanted to have you on the program to start off by talking about some things that have been going on over in your circles, besides obviously uh, you having a lot of success over there uh, in your re-election bid. So, Kenny, with that
1: being said, what's been going on in the world of, uh, of Kenny Cody? Well, first of all, I appreciate the congratulations. Uh, it was a complete honor to be reelected. Um, you know, back, in, back in 2019, my goal was to increase uh, conservatism and c- increase conservative activism in Cott County, both among young voters and old voters and voters of all ages. And we've done that, I think. We hosted about 15 events uh, for the congressional and senatorial candidates into 2020. We hope to do more in the local elections in 2022. Um, you know, it's been doing a lot right now. I, last week, I was my spring break. I'm a school teacher, so I had a spring break last week. got to visit the Capitol. actually got to meet with Governor Lee in his office. In, uh, Never Darby, a dull by... moment, eh, Kenny? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a busy life, man. It, it, it's it's cool to be a jack-of-trades of sorts. Um, but, yeah, I met with Governor Lee last week in his office. We talked a little bit about criminal justice reform, and um, then I went to a pro-life event. It was actually Pro-Life Women's Day for the uh, uh, pro-life uh, women of Tennessee, and I uh, met Mr. Matt Wallace from the Daily Wire spoke at it, got to meet with him and tell him that I wrote a piece for the Daily Wire and got to, got to just talk a little bit about, with him about some Western civilization and abortion issues. And it was just a really cool week. It's been a crazy last couple of months. It seems like ever since I appeared on your show, things have just been going really well for me in terms of politics. So I kind of credit you for getting me a little bit of exposure there, man.
0: Hey, you know what? And we've talked about this when you've been on the program before. One of the things I've been focusing on for the program has been that of collaboration, building up things and building up something more than just what we're doing here at the program, but building up voices who are talking about the things that people care about, right? And this is what we've been talking about when we're talking about applying sales to the world of liberty is meeting people where they're at, entering conversations that they're already having in their mind. And right now, Kenny, we're seeing... The conversation seems to have drifted a little bit in more recent months towards this wokest approach. We're seeing Coca-Cola being renamed Woka-Cola by the folks on the right for their the recent uh, approach to uh, pulling out uh, Georgia for the, uh, the the voting bill changes that were taking place down there. And we're seeing this narrative uh, you know, just seat more and more into corporate America. I've been hearing folks like Ben Shapiro, uh, who've been you know, definitely raising the alarm in terms of the, uh, the wokeism permeating into the culture. And you had a great article over at Newsmax that dug into this. So, Kenny, let's kind of go in discussing uh, what your take is, shall we say, on this wokeism that has been infiltrating our culture as of
1: late. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different issues with wokeism right now. I mean, you've got corporations adopting this sense. You've got the media, especially that has been driving the force of wokeism to me since 2012, you know, going after conservative celebrities, going after conservatives such as I think his name is Joshua Phillips. The, uh, the, the famous uh, gay Baker case from the Supreme Court who is still he was still it's his family attacked for simply just expressing his views. Um, you know, we've had we've had this ongoing for around 10 years, and I, I think it's, it's come to its ultimate point. And I think the main takeaway that I have currently is, is sort of the left's notice of it. I mean, people like Bill Maher have been noticing it the last few years. People on social media have been noticing it. I don't know if you follow. I mean, I'm sure you're a Twitter advocate, just like I am. You know, I see all the time that those pages of like Biden voters posting their L's. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty funny page to follow. But it, often it's true that, you know, the left is sort of realizing that the woke culture is pretty dumb. Dumb. It's pretty stupid. And, and and unfortunately, and fortunately I guess for us that's kind of realizing it, you know, woke, wokeism is kind of intertwined into the COVID culture as well. I mean, when people are yelling people down in restaurants for not having a mask on, when people are being chased out as a government employees when they're trying to, you know, ban somebody somebody because of a expired liquor license, but but as of yet, the only reason they're there is trying to cancel a business for not enforcing masks or having too many people in there. You know, when you start to mess with people's personal lives that's sort of where we get to the point of maybe we need to step back and really take a look at what our culture has become. Um, you know, I wrote, a, I wrote t- two articles the last couple of months, one on Dr. Seuss being canceled for images that he depicted, I think Asian, Asian Americans and um, safari men. They can be interpreted as African American men in his books from 60 years ago and him being canceled during the week that was dedicated to him in American literature and dedicated him into, into American education and the read across America week. And just, and just recently with, the, the Georgia election laws, um, you know, people be calling, calling people, you know, Woka-Cola and things of that sort. I mean, we've been seeing just a lot of different variations of corporations being rejected. We're seeing people who are these authoritarian, uh, totalitarian attitudes that are trying to shut down businesses for not enforcing COVID strict, strict enough. You know, the vaccine has been available for almost two months now and is now available to pretty much every American in the United States. Um, I think just the realization of real life with the COVID bite restrictions and now wokeism culture kind of being combined is really what people are being affected at home and being affected personally. People are really starting to realize our culture is not in a good place right now. We're, we're too vitriolic to each other, and, and, and we, something needs to change in both in politics and just in the way we treat each other, period, because it's getting really out of hand, it seems like to me.
0: Oh, well, what we're seeing and, – and I know – You've seen this. I see it, especially being in a big city. Is is this idea that well, just because you're close to me, that you stay away? Like you have to, you put your double mask on, put your visor on, put your gloves on. I mean, dude, I went to I went to brunch here this past week, and I had a a buddy in town, and and there was a couple of folks who were sitting in the restaurant inside, mind you, which I'm I'm surprised we're able to get. Like I think it's half capacity dining in Philadelphia now, Um, Mm -hmm. but people sitting at at the table and they're ordering their food and they're sitting with their masks on, just, just sitting there. And and they have water, they have appetizers. And, and one of the ladies, she's moving the mask down, taking a bite of her French fry. And I can't help at some points just to kind of sit back and think like, what is happening right now? Like we are, if we are all in this, this kind of same boat together, half of us are acknowledging that this is just being completely overblown. And the other half are in complete delusion. It does again, kind of go back to this point, Kenny, and that's, it doesn't matter what the objective truth is, right? Everything is subjective. And in this case, it's, well, you might get me sick. Well, let's look at the, no, you might get me sick. And and, and if you don't put a mask on, you don't care about me. And that's the approach we've seen a lot of people take. So I guess, how can we maybe Take those people because we have to live here with them, Kenny, right? I mean, I don't want to live in a society where we're just completely pushing half of the society away. So if we're going to have to live with them, what's the best way to try to approach a conversation with somebody who has maybe started to believe more of this wokeism narrative? Is is there a chance to pull them back
1: to the light? Well, I mean, it's always been noticeable to me that when, you know, when it's perfect example. So I told somebody on Twitter the other day with somebody was tweeting at me and saying that, you know, you need to get your vaccine and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I've had my my vaccine for two months. I'm a school teacher and I was on the top. I was on the top priority list for Tennessee to get a vaccine to me. You're just assuming that I didn't have a vaccine because I'm Republican or you're assuming that I didn't have a vaccine because I'm not left. Right. So, this mantra that you're evil if you don't get a vaccine or that you're evil if you don't wear a mask is sort of trying to be done away with. So, you know, when when people were demonizing me on Twitter for, you know, telling me, you know, take my, you know, take your, put a mask on or to, you know, take your vaccine, you know, I had the vaccine two months ago. I was on the priority list for Tennessee to get a vaccine. Okay. So, you're just assuming that I didn't get the vaccine. Because I'm Republican or because I'm conservative or because I'm libertarian, whatever you're making those assumptions about me because of a a uh, identity or a political identity that you have given me. Okay. So, what I think is realizing now is people, you start to mess with people's personal lives. It's one thing to insult somebody on Twitter. It's one thing to insult somebody on Facebook, social media, something like that. But when you start to affect people's personal lives, like demonizing businesses, telling people not to go to businesses because they're having too many people in the restaurant, because they're not enforcing mass strict enough, things like that, the sort of the cross culture that starts happening with wokeism and COVID culture, as I like to call it, um, it's kind of had a cross brand. It's, it has a cross brand application. The same people that they want to demonize for, um, you know, having conservative viewpoints, uh, being religious, uh, you know, being pro-life. They're starting to cross brand that with people who don't want COVID restrictions, who want to keep the federal government out of your life, for your state government not to become a fascist, not to become authoritarians, telling you what to do, how to stay in your home because of a, a crisis that has – really been solved at this point with vaccines, at least that we see a decrease at this point with vaccines. So just because somebody has a certain political identity or a cultural identity doesn't doesn't mean their lives had to be ruined. Okay, And I think people on the left are starting to sort of realize that. And the way that we appeal to those people is to tell them straight up, when you start demonizing me, when you start to say, say these things and give me some sort of identity, all you're doing is giving the federal government more power. The same federal government that you, somebody on the left, has been criticizing for the last four years because somebody you don't like is at the top of the ticket. Somebody that you don't like is enacting policy. So why are you praising that federal government now just because somebody that you like is in power? Why not try to shrink that role or shrink that influence while you're advocating for the same causes that you're advocating for? It really doesn't make any sense. So the, the ins- I don't ever try to insult anybody for, their, for lack of intelligence or lack of information or anything like that. I just tell them, look, insult me all you want to, and I'm going to tell you to quit worshiping the federal government and, t- and just standing in line and getting in line whenever they tell you what to do. The federal government is not all-knowing. It is not your God. It is, it is not somebody that you, that you need to look up to like it's a role model or an influence in your life. It, individual responsibility, and individual identity is what this country was founded on and how people succeed in life. So what I try to tell people is, okay, you can insult me all you want to, you can call me whatever you want to, racist, fascist, misogynistic, homophobic, whatever, xenophobic, however. I don't really care. It doesn't really offend me that much. I just kind of like to play on Twitter a little bit, but what I, the way I respond in kind is I said, okay, do what you want to do and so he wants to. Just don't cave to the federal government because that's the point when you are giving the federal government more power than ever before. And the time that you have given that federal government that power – you give the power for things that you disagree with to be enacted. It's the same mentality that I have. I don't want the Democrats or the left to enact these policies or enact these changes that I don't want to see happen because of all the power they've got. So I just advocate for the shrink, period, which is a conservative standpoint. Even if I'm socially conservative or I'm not socially conservative, nobody really know. I just want to advocate for the shrink of government, and that's what I try to portray people who do kind uh, of fall victim to this wokeism and, and cross-branded with the uh, COVID restrictionism.
0: You know, one thing that I, I kind of, as you were going through that, Kenny, that I, it kind of hit me that I'm seeing this permeate more and more into our society, and that is a shift from looking at truly organized religion, going from organized religion, and instead putting that same trust into the federal government, and and we're seeing as people start to move their their faith, their their moral compass away from some sense of higher purpose higher being and putting it into government well guess what now they can use the power of government to ultimately judge those instead of having god be the judge now they can judge here and and i, I mean you know i'm the son of a pastor right so like i grew up i i know i know the bible and you see well my goodness this is this is not a good good pathway to be going down if that's the case, because now, now we're losing any sense of, of real, I guess, real higher calling. It becomes much more a, you know, what are you doing here and what can I do to show that I'm better than you? And there, if there's no path to redemption and we're constantly focused on who's doing the worst, ah, man, Kenny, that's
1: not necessarily a world that I think a lot of us want to with, really live in. Well, I mean, one analogy that I like to use is it seems like the government is becoming a religion and Twitter and social media is becoming the temple. Unfortunately, it's where it's where people go to worship. It's where people go to fear monger. Where people go to demonize people that they disagree with. Now, I, as you just said, I, you're a son of a pastor and, I, and I'm a Southern Baptist. You know, I got I got I got try to go to church as much as I can. And it's scary the similarities that you see. You know, I mean, it, I don't want anybody to ever worship a government official. Now, I'm, a, I'm a fan of people like Rand Paul, Ron Paul and others more than anybody else. I, lo- I, I love those guys and and would, and would advocate and fundraise for them, take pictures with them and praise them on social media all I can. But I'm never going to praise them like that, like they're a deity. And I think the problem that we're having now is, like you said, that you're seeing such a similarity between religion and government worship. And it, it, it's the most dangerous thing in the world. It's how fascism happens. OK, people don't realize that fascism takes a, you know, this mantra. And I, I wrote about this. I wrote about this a couple months ago too. to have a fascist. You have to grow the government. You cannot have a fascist without shrinking, without growing the government. If you're advocating for shrinking the federal government's power or the state government's power, or the local government's power, you can't have fascism. It's the reason the conservatives advocate for it. We don't want a totalitarian state. We don't want an authoritarian state. So this this growing mantra among the culture is what I fear, because once you have the culture advocating for a growing of influence of the federal or state government, that's the point where fascism sort of has a more likely trajectory at that point. Because when the government has cultural power, it's the same reason that, that Hitler rose to Nazi power in the 1940s. People started advocating for German nationalism at that point. And after he got elected, elected, the party got elected, they took over. And I don't want that to happen in the United States. I I don't want somebody who is advocating for the growing of the federal government, or in, in terms of culture, with this wokest ideology. I don't want that to happen, to grow and then take over and enact policies that even those people have felt victim to, because just because they fell for the cultural appropriation at the time, it's not a good idea. And I and I really worry. That at the point where we're worshiping parties and this happens on both sides. I realize that I realize that, you know, this growing divide that we have is because that we we worship individuals and that doesn't need to happen. But but I, I really do fear, especially on the left when you're using people and you know demonizing people for just having different beliefs than you are. And then you're, you're sacrificing your personal relationships for the advocation of a federal government or a federal bureaucrat because of what they have said. Why are you going to risk personal relationships and personal perspectives solely for, because of somebody from the government told you to believe so that doesn't make any sense to me. It never has.
0: Yeah. And uh, so now let me play devil's advocate because there's going to be a lot of folks, and I'd say even some some folks who are, are well-intentioned, who say, well, hold up, because this wokest approach, there's a reason it exists. And it's because we've seen maybe a lot of issues that should be discussed, not really talked about. So uh, much like a cancer, it festers and festers and festers and grows undetected until it you know, starts to rise to the surface, and then you end up in a situation like we have here. So Kenny, to those folks out there who maybe are more in the, the mindset of, well, this is a, a long time coming. And it's just a matter of, well, we've gotten to this point where we haven't had these come to Jesus moments that, well, now we kind of need to you know, address these big elephants that are in our room.
1: Well, then my question back to them is, where does it end? what is the end game in that in, in that regard are you going to start targeting people just for being republicans period are you going to tar- start targeting catholics because they're against they're against uh, you know the lgbt progressive movement are you going to start targeting people because they don't want the federal government knocking at their door and taking their guns are you going to start to advocate for squads to be sent out to houses and take their guns and at gunpoint like what's the end game and, and that's what i fear and that's what a lot of conservatives fear is the end game you know, when I talk about, you know, people look at me with a strange eye when I say, you know, Republicans and conservatives and libertarians can't be fascists because they're advocating for a, the shrieking of government. They're like, oh, what do you mean? You know, if you look on Merriam-Webster, the first term that everybody looks towards, when Merriam-Webster, a couple fascists, is the usually right wing part. And I... I realize that. I, I realize that most, a lot of fascist movements within the 21st century and the 20th century were ring socially conservative movements that advocated for either an ethno-, ethno state, things like that. But the the thing that people do not pay attention to is the autocratic part of the definition. And what I have to tell people, the end game. That's what it ends up being. The end game is an autocratic authoritarian government that is progressive. That's the end game. They want to make they want to play people and their cultural belief systems to get into power. This is all these people care about. OK, the reason that, that, that they have benefited off of covid is because it gives them more power. It allows them more opportunities to attack their fellow American citizen, attack their individual liberty, attack their way of life and attack their culture because they disagree with it. So we have to get to the point where we are advocating for just individualism. OK, the individualism is what this country was founded upon. And I and, and I say that all the time when I go on podcasts and when I write articles and things like that. But it's but it, it's just the truth. We have to advocate for individual responsibility. It's what the it's it's what is the core value of progressivism. It's the core value of republicanism. Conservatism. If you look at, at across boards, especially with, among like liberal like per, the progressive movement and the prog- and, and like socially progressive movement, that's all about individual identity and like people the, the culture accepting individual identity. Every single philosophy, at least culture philosophy, goes back to individualism. For, for one way or another, the reason the LGBTQ movement has a movement period is because somebody had to identify as a different identity at some point as an individual. And, you know, it, whether you disagree with progressivism or you don't, I personally do. Every single movement, the Tea Party movement, the progressive movement, the libertarian movement, the, nas- the nationalist populism movement, or the populist nationalism movement, whatever what you want to put it, the MAGA movement, it all stems as one of individualism. But for some reason now, if somebody expresses an individualist mindset, such as being anti-mask, such as such as being, anti- and not even being anti-vac, but just saying, I'm not really comfortable taking the vaccine until I see what it does to people. If you even take that mindset as an individual, you're attacked, you're demonized because they want you to conform and fall in line with what everybody else is doing. And it's just, I don't know how else to explain to people, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you hate Trump so much? Or are you doing this because you hate Republicans so much? Like, why? Like, like, we're just falling into the trap of, you know, bowing and praising and praying to the government. Like what? What is the point in that? You can still advocate for all the causes that you want to advocate for, whether that's anti-racism, whether that's you know anti-billionaire, anti-corporation. However, you can do all that while still advocating for individual responsibility and in the check of government. You can do that. People do that all the time and have for a very, very long time, hundreds and hundreds of years. You don't have to adhere to what the government is telling you what to do, to what your state, state officials are telling you what to do, or what a federal bureaucrat is telling you what to do. Just be yourself and have your own opinions and have your own viewpoints about what's going on in your culture without somebody telling you what to do.
0: Well, I tweeted this the other day. Kenny, I think there's been kind of an awakening. I'm feeling it myself, and I don't know really how to put – into words, but I just kind of feel like across the board, people are kind of like something's up. It just feels weird. Um, we we kind of acknowledge that it's not working. That you know, like the whole COVID thing. I, I'm seeing a lot of people who are really starting to question that narrative, um, and a lot of folks who who they were pretty on board with. You know, government says jump, we say on who, and in that, like I'm like, oh, they're starting to pay attention now. Good, like it's it's time. We, you you should have been paying attention a year ago, um, but. Some places it's a little too late. I mean, I see up here in the Northeast, a lot of places shut down, gone for good. Um, I try to warn my friends out in the Midwest. I'm like, hey, do not let what's happening here happen. I mean, goodness, the, I think the number I saw from Yelp was like two thirds of all small businesses that closed. Guess what?
1: Not coming back.
0: Yeah, so I mean, Kenny, I think there is an opportunity right now. Um, Folks are looking for, some answers. And in part of what I try to do here on the program is, is painting that better future. How can we show people that there are other alternatives out there beyond what they've been presented as going forward? It is this left-right paradigm. Now I'm not saying it has to be just strictly GOP or or you know team blue, but There's nuance. And I know that you're focusing on helping uh, get some folks elected through the GOP, specifically in Tennessee, who are pro-Liberty. So let's kind of focus maybe in that regards here, heading towards 2021 and 2022. And I say heading towards 2021. We're already in 2021, Kenny. Where do you you see um, some positive pathways for Liberty in helping maybe stand up against this wokeism narrative?
1: I think it's just concentrating on the right issues, you know. I, I mean, you, I knew you have the same gripes about the uh, Libertarian Party as I have about the GOP. Sometimes, Brian, I think the the GOP and the Libertarian Party both have messaging problems. You know, a lot of the time, people want to concentrate on, you know, like I remember Joe Jorgensen tweeting out that you know we, we have to be actively anti-racist and, and following falling in that narrative of, of progressivism when they should be concentrating on things like abolishing taxes or some of the some of the other policies that the LP stands up for and the GOP. Start. It needs to start fighting. You know the culture war that's going on with with, with wokeism things like that because that's what people care about right now. Um, you know, I said to my friend the other day, Representative Fajian, I was with him in Nashville. I told him the other day, I'm like, you know, you know, the most least polled issue pretty much among the American electorate is abortion because you know why polling systems know how people feel on abortion. You know, if you want to win. You have to you have to get where the left can lose. And, and and the left loses on a couple of things. They lose on abortion and they lose on guns. Now, people want to say that you know background checks and things like that are highly approved. That's until they're enacted. If you poll a, a poll place that's had background checks or you know, you know, intensive background checks passed in their state before and after, you're gonna see a, a pretty much heavily inc- a pretty heavy increase in the disagreement factor or the disagreement option in the in the poll. And it's the same with, with abortion, you know, that's what When you look at Rasmussen or any of these other polling websites, do you ever see a poll on abortion? No. Because there's a small minority of the left and among the American electorate that is pro choice. That's just a fact. Now, there, there's a lot of people who said, you know, that you save the life of the mother, things like that. But that's where the GOP has to learn their battles. If you, if you have the left stand on guns and have a left stand on abortion and then on wokeism, that's where you can really appeal to independence because there's three things that everybody has went through in their life. They've, they've seen the posters of abortion, they've, they've had, they all pretty much own guns, at least a pistol. And they all have seen some of their heroes be targeted by wokeism on television, on the internet, or something else. The right wins on those three issues. Then we start talking about, you know, we start talking about other issues. We talk, talking about lowering taxes. And everybody loves lowering taxes. I don't care what anybody says, whether you want your taxes to be used for the right purposes or not. As my friend Fajan said, you know, look to, look on our videos and pay attention to bills to see where your taxpayer money is going. I think that's a great phrase. But everybody loves lowering taxes. Everybody likes guns. To protect themselves. You know, and you, you won't be, you won't a woman without a gun. You may want a gun law enacted on somebody else, but you, do want, you don't want it enact on you in case somebody else doesn't pay attention to the law at all. And then, you, and then nobody wants to see or hear about dead babies. Those are the three issues that the conserv- conservatives can win on. And, and then you start talking about foreign policy. Then you start talking about how, how we should handle corporations silencing speech, things like that, you, and healthcare, care, things of that sort, you start with the battles that you can win. And I think that through this COVID, this COVID lockdown things, you, you've sort of started, you know, back in the day, I remember when I was in, in college, I really didn't know, I guess you could have called me a neoconservative. I guess you could have called me a big government conservative because I was really just a social conservative that just kind of went along with everything, right? Now I've become much more of a... Um, of a classical liberal or a libertarian a Republican in the last four to five years. But I think that when I started to realize, um, you know, the power of the federal government was really these last this last year, I think that I mean, I, I've always realized, I mean, since college, I've been I've been I've been more of a small government Republican. But I think a lot of people have been made Republican, or at least or at least libertarian or conservative over the over the last year, of this COVID lockdown stuff. I mean, when you're not able to go see your grandparents, you're not able to go see your dad, your brother. For a simple lockdown because you didn't have a mask on, or you've been, if somebody has been yelled down in public, if somebody has been ostracized on social media for a picture they've taken with a friend or a family member and not had a mask on, if you've been cussed for for holding, like, hey, okay, say, hey, maybe we should give this guy another chance, or maybe, maybe we should not demonize him and, and at least hear him out, and you've been yelled down for it you're being exposed to what conservatives go through. That's not something that progressives are advocating against. I mean, unless you're somebody like Bill Maher. You know, I think people are really starting to realize maybe the people that we painted out to be the good guys since 2008 aren't really the good guys. And maybe we should start to pay attention to the people they are attacking, both in culture and in politics. And I, I really hope that the Republican Party and to, to, to a lesser extent the LP – Start to concentrate on the right issues and start to prioritize the right things, because if we don't, if we don't, if we start adhering to, you know, the federal government growing influence and just concentrating on nilly-willy battles that are going to do nothing, we're in for a real problem. And I and I, if I have been evident to that, if anything has been evident to that the last year, is this the automatic Bow down to what the federal government tells you to do after the after COVID start happening. It's just like you know, they, they snap their fingers and we all adhere. So uh, we can win. We, we, people have come to a realization over the last year of looking at the federal government with a crooked eye, looking at the progressive movement with a crooked eye. And if we can concentrate on the right issues, we can, we can absolutely win people over again.
0: Well, there you go. And uh, we want to make sure, obviously, Kenny, with all the work that you're doing, that we're pushing people your way so they can stay up to date and uh, learn about your approach to advancing liberty through the GOP. So now is the amazing part of the show where you get to give your plugs. So Kenny, Cody, with that, fire away.
1: Well, you all can follow me on Twitter at, at Katie Cody, Tennessee, as that's TN as an abbreviation. Um, you can find all my articles on Newsmax.com. Go to the Insiders page and you can find about nine or 10 of my articles there. Also, I've had a piece published for the Daily Wire, uh, right for townhall.com every now and then. And my original website that I wrote for is the Libertarian Republic. And also just check me out on social media. Check check out what I'm doing. Um, add me on Facebook. If you want to, just type in Kenny Cody, Tennessee. I'm sure you'll find me somewhere and I'll add you as a friend. Um, but friends, just keep Keep on advocating for liberty. Keep on advocating for, for small government, For whether you're in the GOP, whether you're in the Libertarian Party or independent. Just keep advocating for what you believe in. Um, keep advocating against COVID lockdown restrictions and keep advocating for smaller government intervention. And we all will win. I promise you.
0: Kenny Cody, we made it through the first ever video version of The Brian Nichols Show, and I want to thank you, my friend, for sticking with us throughout this episode, and also thank you for all the work you've been doing, Kenny Cody. I have included the links for Kenny in the show notes. With that being said, Kenny, thanks so much for joining The Brian Nichols Show. Blessings,
1: brother. Appreciate it.
0: Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian folks. When we're selling Liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome Taxation is theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the Libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest Libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code code TBNS at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS, and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor in The Brian Nichols Show, so do me a favor. Head over there to Proud Libertarian. Place your order today. Use code TBNS at checkout. Save 10% on your order, and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers the evil story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines but evil's helps more than just migraines from managing chronic pain anxiety depression and more evil's is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs and yours truly brian nichols here on the brian nichols show can indeed vouch for the quality of evil's having a herniated disc in my back whew, coupled with years of sports injuries I was struggling to find something, anything, to help manage my pain. That is, until evils. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebel's Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebel's Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebel's is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code TBNS, the Brian Nickel Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time that is code tbns at checkout Alrighty, folks that's gonna wrap up my conversation with kenny cody kenny thank you so much for joining the program and folks if you enjoyed today's episode well do me a favor number one hit that like button here on the youtubes number two if you'd be so kind please be sure to share today's episode give us a a tag a, a share at b nichols liberty uh you can find me twitter Facebook, Minds.com, and Parlor.com at B. Nichols Liberty. Also, if you want to go ahead and say hi, email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. Oh, by the way, did you hear it? Did you feel the disturbance in the forest? Yes, that was our Patreon here at the Brian Nichols Show, getting back to life. And starting here, every single Patreon subscriber. Now, if you're on the YouTubes here, you can see this. A fantastic Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People's Stuff bumper sticker. Every single Patreon member starting at $5 will get one of these awesome bumper stickers. So I'm going to include that link to the Patreon in the show notes please, if you want to get one of these amazing new bumper stickers, head over there, become a supporting listener, and if you have any questions, email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. Coming up here on Wednesday, we are, uh, in fact, uh, well, actually, no, before we get to Wednesday, I want to make sure I'm doing a special plug, and that is for uh, our event coming up here, and that is the Heroic Dose. I know that you hear it every single time um, we go through uh, our intro here of the past month, but uh, it's a super important event, guys. Uh, what's happening with the Heroic Dose is we are focusing on how psychedelics can help change the conversation as it pertains to military veterans who are dealing with PTSD, anxiety, uh, depression, and honestly, it's a conversation that we need to be having because there are so many thousands of amazing people who are suffering in silence. So uh, I just did an amazing event um, with our good friends, Jay Edgar and uh, the Libertarian Redhead uh, over on uh, their amazing program focusing on suicide prevention, and this is going to be uh, focusing on ways we can actually help from a medical standpoint uh, dealing with these issues. So Thursday, uh, April 22nd, please. Please head over to the show notes. If you remember the Brian Nichols Show audience, it is free. So let's show some love and head over and support the amazing... Organization Microdose.buzz and their awesome conference, The Heroic Dose, 10 a.m. Eastern here on Thursday. Okay, now back to what's coming up here on Wednesday. Friend of the show, David Osborne, returns to the program. He has a new organization, Americans for Fair Treatment. Now, David uh, first joined the program at his original organization, the Fairness Center. Where we just had Nathan McGrath join us. And instead of talking about the legal um, standpoint of what they can do to help, we had a, a conversation more so about, well, now we can focus on free speech. Uh, now there's no more legal stuff in the way. So it's a great chance for Dave to let loose and let's talk about uh, how we can help change the conversation as it pertains to how public sector unions end up causing more harm than good. So folks, that's all I have for you this week. If you enjoyed the episode, again, please hit like, share with some family and friends, tag me at nichols liberty With that being said, though, it's Brian Nichols signing up here on The Brian Nichols Show for Kenny Cody. We'll see you Wednesday.
1: Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.
0: Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.